The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. And I'm your host, Raider Greg. Welcome to the show. Well, a lot of things are going on that, uh, well, they're pointing to one direction. And uh, as much as I see the smoke and the mirrors going on, it's getting very clear that the Raiders are in, well, I hate to even use the word, but I'm going to use it. We haven't used it in a long time. Rebuilding mode. Yeah. We're going to talk about that and more here on show 335. On today's show, we will have John Herrera gets Das Boot Poof. <laughs> I love it. Some people don't. Some people think it was not the right thing to do. I don't know who those people are, but we're going to hit on that. Also, Raiders' ridiculousness. That's correct. Raiders' ridiculousness means rebuilding. That's a word that you better get used to hearing because it's coming, and it's going to be said a bunch this year and probably next year too. Something we haven't heard out of the old man but something that is going to happen to this team, this franchise, this organization for some time to come. So get used to it. I don't like it. I know you don't. That and the bone line should do this show very well. So stay tuned. By the way, Hugh Jackson got picked up by the Bengals. Wow. Surprise, surprise, surprise. I wonder if it was that two first-round picks he gave him. Hmm. Sure didn't hurt. All right, let's move on. Well, Runner Nation, the moment that I had been waiting for for a very, very long time, John Herrera retires. <coughs> well, maybe forced to retire is more the point. He is out of the organization and for good, I hope. Now, there's a lot of controversy about whether he was good for the organization or bad for the organization. All I can point is to or my observations on where he was. He was always like the buzzard sitting on the tree waiting for something to happen. He was that guy who would run to the teacher and tell on you. He was that guy who would sit in the bathroom and listen to conversations underneath the bathroom stalls and go, aha, and run to Al Davis and tell him how people are talking about him and blah, 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 blah. He was the henchman for Al Davis. That's what I think he was. I'm sure he was because he was always in the middle of any controversy going on with the organization. Lane Kiffin deal, uh, any of the coaches will tell you, I mean, they won't tell you because they're all sworn to secrecy, blah, 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 blah. But every press conference, there he was lurking in the background, listening to the questions, listening to what was happening. Was that his job? Was his job to be the watchdog for Al? Perhaps. And if that was his job, he did a doggone good job of it. But if his job was to further the Raiders organization to lead us into the 21st century to be progressive and positive, then he failed greatly in his position. He was a snake in my book. He was a a really a consummate tattletale, a, a company man from the age of 14 when he became a Raiders ball boy. And from then on, you know, you'd think that he was conceived at the Coliseum uh, he stuck to Al Davis like, uh, you know, well, well, you know, like it sticks on your shoe and it never left. And uh, he, through that, he went through a lot of tumultuous changes. Hey, he gave up a lot for the Raiders. He showed undying loyalty. That I will say for sure. He was very loyal to the organization, but I think his loyalty was led astray. I think he was a snake. I think that's how he kept his job is creating these little, you know, these little frictions in the organization. How do you expect the organization to go forward when you have a guy snitching on everybody in the organization? 
How does anybody feel like they have the free reign to talk what they say, what they feel, how the organization could be better? They can't because you have guys like him in the bathroom looking, listening through keyholes and running to the owner, telling them, you know, everything that's going on. John Herrera was a good Raider. He's a great Raider fan. But as far as good for the organization, yeah. I think he was detrimental to the organization. I think that's why he's gone. I think that's where the whole thing is. And this Tim Kawakami thing, maybe you can't hear it, but I, I think, Randy, play a little of the Tim Kawakami conference. Maybe you can pick out what happened here. Go ahead. Another day. Yeah. I'll send your Ask anybody Anybody think of distributed here? Get your hand out. Well, that's still Get your fucking hand out. I would love to. I would love to own a part of the franchise, too. Yeah. You know, a picture fax great. Open your mouth. A lot of people in this room told me that. A lot of people in this room. Did you get one? Did anybody get one? I would tell you later. That was something that came from Jerry McDonald. My beat reporter got one. Pardon me? The beat reporter of my newspaper. You no, can't make up a fantasy. You got it. If you do something, you got one for themselves. Didn't come from anybody in this room. Relax. I got one. You built a whole. You built a whole tower on a line. So did Long. No. So did your smoke pot. Your smoke pot. Smoking buddy, Mike. Smoke. You're embarrassing yourself. I don't care. I'm not embarrassing myself. I'm embarrassing the fact that you don't know how to write a column without. We're writing it on a premise that's a lie. There are about six people in this room who know exactly what happened to John. Oh, no, I'm not. There was nothing distributed in this room. Nothing. Nothing. Sue me. Which one? You try to get me to get You're a liar. Yeah, Tim Kawakami, you and your smoke pot buddies, your pot smoking buddies or whatever you're saying, that was on that was on national news. That was the representative of the Raiders organization who blew it. He sent out a press uh, script to all the press guys and then during that press conference denied that he sent it out. And they all looked at him and said, hey, we all got it. And he was... Not going to be in trouble by Al Davis because that's not what Al wanted. He knew Al didn't want him to do that. He made a mistake, and then he, now he's lying about it, trying to save face in front of the media. Tim Kawakami telling him that you know he he would like to punch him out or whatever. It was just so childish, but it was on national news. I mean, it was at a time where Jamarcus Russell, we were already in the gutter, and this just. Put our face right in there. A terrible example of a Raider executive. Amy Trask is the entire polar opposite of him. She is positive. She's always looking for better ways to make the organization, not looking around for ways to tear people down to make himself built up. That's his whole thing. I will say I am so happy that Herrera's ass is out of Oakland. I think that's one of the biggest moves that could have happened. Mike Taylor should be next. I'm glad that Reggie McKenzie is cleaning house on all these old guys that uh, lived under the old regime of let's just see who we can get in trouble to make ourselves look better. That's not how the Raiders are going to be successful. The Raiders are going to be successful, just like Reggie says, by everybody in the organization following to the same tune. We want a victory. We need a victory. We're going to work together to get a victory not opposed to each other, and that's the difference here in this organization. And this was a huge, huge step forward. I think the organization is going to be much better for it, regardless of what anybody says. Yes, he was a Raider. Yes, he was loyal to Al Davis. But did he help or hurt the organization? My opinion is he greatly diminished the capacity of anyone in that building to do their job. That's my opinion, and I'm sticking to it, and I'm sure I'm right. And that is all I have to say about that. Well, Raider Nation, here we go. Not even a year after Al Davis is passing, we start to use the R word. I call it ridiculousness. They're calling it rebuilding. 
Okay, Raider fans, here we go. Now, this is the dreaded word I was hoping that I wouldn't hear, but it's starting to leak out of the building. Rebuilding is what I'm starting to hear, and I think we're going to hear a whole lot more of it. With the Stanford route booting and him actually going to the Chiefs, thank goodness we see him twice a year. I hope we burn him as much as he burned us. Well, here on the local FM Sports Channel, they were saying this. He is now the senior pastor at the uh, Well Christian Community in uh, Dublin, California, and he was none too happy that uh, Stanford Rout is now a member of the Kansas City Chiefs. Good enough to be joined by Napoleon Kaufman here in the wheelhouse on 95.7 The Game. How are you? How you doing, fellas? Good to talk to you, man. We appreciate it. <laughs> oh, man, this is my pleasure. I'm so happy to be on with you guys. All right, man, so Napoleon, so we're doing the show yesterday, and, and I keep Twitter up during the show, and, and I know you just, uh, it, you've been on Twitter, what, like a month, maybe? A week. A I've week. only been on week, one week, man. Okay. All right, so. <laughs> and already you've parlayed it into a radio appearance. Well done, my friend. You know, I went on, I went on a week ago, I didn't know what to expect, and I have close to 2,000 followers already. I was like, oh my goodness, this is crazy, but it's been, man, it's been so so much fun going on, connecting with a lot of the Raider fans, people I haven't talked to in, 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 in years, and so it's just really great to be able to connect. Okay, so it's at Napoleon Kaufman uh, on Twitter. Please follow. It's a great follow. Yesterday, yeah. you, you were not very happy, though, yesterday. I read about six or seven in a row, and I was, I was laughing out loud when I saw him. You, were, you can't go from the Raiders to Kansas City. That's what Stanford Route just did, but you made it clear. That's not something you do. Well, you know, I'm not, I don't have anything against, you know, against Stanford Route. I mean, I, I appreciate his game. Um, you know, guys are trying to get paid, take care of their families. I totally respect that. But, you know, I'm an old-school Raider. You know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm, I grew up, you know, following the Raiders since I was just a young boy. So it's just in me to not like the Chiefs. It's not about the players. It's just about the Chiefs. And then all the uh, battles that I had with Derek Thomas and, and, and the guys that I played against uh, during my tenure there, I mean, you just develop something in you that just says, not the Chiefs. You know what I mean? And so that just, I just was sitting at home, and I saw that he went there, and I don't know what happened to me, man. I had a flashback. <laughs> it was almost like I had a flashback, you know what I mean? But, uh, but you know, and I said this in one of my tweets yesterday, the real Raider fans understand that. They understand. It's not nothing against the players, but the Raider Chiefs rivalry, it is what it is. But at the same time, Napoleon, i got to say it while we have you on because I said it before we had you on, there's just a, a twinge of hypocrisy in there because you said – I'm okay with a chief coming over to the Oakland Raiders. You put Rich Gannon in parentheses, but it can't go the other way? No, 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 no way. Everybody knows. <laughs> Everybody knows. Everybody knows that when you, when you, we can steal your players. You just can't take off. <laughs> what we do is. That's fair. We, what we do is we take those players and we convert them. We convert them. We make them. We, we bring them into the Raider Nation. You go back, you do your history on some of our great quarterbacks and some of our great players. They came to the Raiders, and a lot of times, look at Rich Gannon. His career took off when he got here with the Raiders, and the Raider Nation embraced him. So, you know, I don't mind stealing other people's players. You just, you just can't have ours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Napoleon Coffin, former Raiders running back, uh, joining us here in the wheelhouse. John Lund and uh, Michael Urban on 95.7 The Game. Uh, follow him on Twitter. This is where I was uh, reading along yesterday when Stanford Route signed with the Chiefs. Uh, Napoleon wasn't very happy about it. Um, in, re- in regards to uh, the other teams... Uh, you know, you mentioned this: the Broncos, the Chargers, so forth. Same th- same rules apply. It's not just the Chiefs; it's all the teams in the well, division. Yeah, you know, everybody in our division. I mean, you got to understand. I think most people who really follow the game, and especially those that you know, you know, free agency obviously is taken a taken a little bit of the sting out of what used to be. But understand that when we played against the Chiefs, when we played against the San Diego Chargers, you know, playing against Junior Sal, these guys playing against. You know, Steve Atwater playing against these guys. You know, it was it was battle. It was a war. We're going out, and it's time to get it on. You know, I, and I'm all for competition and stuff like that. And going into Kansas City uh, Stadium, um, to Arrowhead Stadium, playing. I mean, 
some of that is lost. You know, it's it's lost. But but for me, you know, I the Raiders are my team. So any other team in our division is a team that I say, you know, well, you know, it just doesn't sit well with me. All right, Napoleon. So since we've established, not cool to go from Oakland to another AFC West team, but infinitely cool to come from one of those squads to the Raiders. If you could, you know, kind of pillage another team's roster, give me a couple of names within the division that you'd be fine with coming over to the nation. <laughs> well, you know I can't do that. You know, I can't, I can't Tim Tebow, come on. I can't, oh, not Tim I can't Tebow. tell you for beforehand, baby. I can't tell you who we want to pillage. But <laughs> all I'm telling you is when they come – you know, when you come to the nation, when you come to the Raider Nation, you got to you got to get converted. You got to understand the black hole. You got to understand our fans. They're just out there. You got to understand that you come in here, it's go, it's going to be it's going to be some trouble. And that's that's what I I, I hope we're going to right now because I'm excited about this season and I'm excited about what what's on the horizon for us as a team. You know, Michael mentioned uh, Tim Tebow, and you're the senior pastor at the. Um, well, Christian community in Dublin. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I, I'm interested to know your opinion, knowing you know football as well as you do, and now you're a man of faith and you're a pastor. Yeah. What do you What do you make of of how much Tebow talks about God after games? Is 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 that okay, or do you think sometimes he may go too far? Well, I think it's I think it's perfectly. I mean, see, one of the things you got to realize is even even like when I played, you know, people if they really want to know who you are. Well, this is who you are. And I think people uh, make a big deal of Tim Tebow. Obviously, he loves the Lord. He, he's, he's sincere. And quite frankly, he's always been like this. We've always seen him like this. So really, when you go to interview Tim, you know what you're going to get. He's going to talk about Jesus Christ. He's going to talk about serving in his community. He's going to talk about helping people. He's going to be very humble. He's not going to take a lot of the credit. That's just who he is. And uh, unfortunately, sometimes when people put the camera in front of your face, they want you to say what they want you to say. And I'm just thankful that uh, that Tim Tebow's staying true to himself and true to his faith and his convictions. Um, you know, I don't feel like he's trying to impose that on anybody else. He's just talking about what's going on in his life. And uh, and I think we just need to respect that and just know when you put the camera in front of his face, this is what may happen. He may bring up Jesus Christ. <laughs> is is there a fine line there, though, Napoleon? I mean, sometimes when they'll be asking him about a critical play in, in the midst of a game during a critical drive, and he will not even answer the question, just go you know straight to you know talking about his faith and not really. Well, hey, you got to ask the question because you want to know about what happened on the field, and he takes it completely away from the field. That might, don't you agree, turn some people off of his original message? Well, well, it just depends on how you look at it. He may think that the play had something to do with God helping him. I mean, and so what I'm saying is, is we just need to learn to respect people's positions and, and, and in some ways try to get a little bit of understanding of why he, he, he may be asking or uh, answering the way he is. He may think that that's the reason why he was able to accomplish that play. God gave him the grace to do it or strengthen him, or, and that's fair. And I just think that we sometimes we're, we're critical of these guys, and we never really sit down and just really ask them, tell me a little bit about your perspective on this and how you view the game and how you go about processing what just happened in the game. You know, I don't think we ask the players enough, a little bit, uh, enough about their thought processes behind why they're talking about God in these particular instances. I, I just think that sometimes we're being a little bit unfair to them. Now, I do understand there is a place of, you know, being obnoxious and just going overboard. But you ask me the question, I just don't think that Tim has gotten to that place. I don't think he's there. Sure. Uh, former Raider Napoleon Kaufman is joining us by the well, the, uh, the wellchurch.net online. You can follow him on Twitter at Napoleon Kaufman. How did you get into uh, doing what you're doing? Well, you know, while, while I was playing, you know, most people know while I was playing, I was also um, very involved in, in my faith and in, and in teaching and preaching and ministering. And then uh, when I retired from, from professional sports, I, I went right into ministry, so serving at my local church in San Jose. And then uh, from there, I was trained and raised um, under my pastor, Pastor David Canestracy. And then I was sent out here to uh, the Dublin area to plant a church. And uh, uh, we've been here since uh, 2003, and, 
and the Lord has blessed us to have a, a thriving ministry right here in the Bay Area, and uh, we just love it. We just love it. That's great stuff, man. Hey, thanks for making time for us. Continued success to you, and uh, for those uh, who aren't following you on Twitter, man, they got to start doing it. That was great yesterday. Oh, yeah, and you know what? Hey, follow me on Twitter. There's more of that to come. Now, you, <laughs> now, you, know, you, know, you, know, you know, the season's getting ready to start, and obviously... You know, I'm going to be giving some, some good word messages out there, too, talking about the Lord, but I'm also going to be talking uh, about the season and things that are on my mind and stuff like that. So go ahead and follow me. We're going to have a good time. That's great stuff, man. We'll do it again real soon. Thanks for taking the time, Napoleon. We appreciate it. Man, I appreciate you guys. Take care. There you go. Well, follow him uh, at Napoleon Kaufman. One of our favorites, just um, infectious energy. One of the good guys, former NFL player, coach as well, uh, with the Jets in Kansas City. And now you see him on ESPN. Herm Edwards back on the drive. Coach, how are you, sir? I'm doing fine, man. Obviously, um, at this time of the year, uh, you can kind of anticipate the combine, the workouts. All of a sudden, we're going to watch these guys work out. We're going to watch film on them. Then we're going to find a way to beat them all up. <laughs> None of them are good enough to draft. <laughs> hey, you're right. I'm hey, going to jump on to Kansas City. Right, what Kansas City's doing right now, they are affecting both teams out here in the Bay. Uh, they signed Stanford route, got that corner, and they got Flowers as well. Brandon Carr's possibility that they may not franchise him, and the Raiders and the Niners will be looking at him. And now that gives them a chance to to uh, lock up Dwayne Bow, I want to ask you about the being a coach there. I want to ask you about the Kansas City Chiefs. How are are there as an organization on locking up and paying a premium to their own free agents? Well, obviously, ownership, uh, the Hunt family understands the importance of keeping the players they've drafted there, and especially Dwayne Bow. We drafted him in the first round. Um, he's kind of become the player we thought he could become. Uh, you know, he's a very, very gifted receiver, big physical guy, go inside, catch the football. Uh, so I think they want to get him locked up. You know, Brandon Carr was another kid we drafted in the fifth round, uh, and he ended up being a starter. We started all those kids as rookies when I was there. Now, we didn't win a lot of games, but they got a lot of experience, and I think that they're better for that. But I, I think they understand the importance of keeping their players. It would be a shame if Brandon Carr got out of there. I mean, he's a good player. Now, if he does and he hits the open market, you're right. I mean, he can play he can play in any system and he's a very he's a talented kid. He's got some size too, and that's what I liked about him. He's about six one, uh about two hundred pounds. He can run, pretty good ball skills. I mean he's big. He you know, he has a lot of girth to him as a corner. You know, that's a big corner as you guys know, a six yeah. one corner. So he he's athletic, he's got good hips. I mean, you know, he he's fast enough, he's big enough, he can't you know, covers a lot of space. So uh, he's been a starter. I mean, he started as a rookie. I mean, he gets imagine that a fifth round pick out of a little small school, um, but really has been a good player. How important is it to keep that third corner in, in a league right now where you get all the different wide receiver sets and the rules being what they are? How important is it to keep a top flight corner for a team that actually has the salary cap to pay three corners a lot of money? Well, they would be smart to do that because you need three of them. And now they got the other kid out of Alabama. Uh, you know, the kid they drafted who plays nickel for him, and that's what he is. Arenas, he's a nickel back. He's not a starting corner. He's a nickel back, plays on the slot. And, you know, that's a whole different animal to get a guy to play in there. Yes, it is. Whole different, whole different machine. People just think you can stick anybody in there. That guy's a linebacker. That's what basically what he is. He has to tackle. He has run responsibility. He has to be able to drop in zones. But you need three corners in the National Football League because after first down, they, you know, you're in three wide. I mean, that's just what the league is. I mean, they don't pay all those quarterbacks to hand the ball off now. Mm-hmm. They're going to blow it. Mm-hmm. And so with that being said, you need three corners, uh, and it, it, would, it would do them a lot of good if they kept him, but we'll have to wait and see. You know, Coach, the three corners, and, and Eric and I were talking about this before you came on with us, and it makes a world of sense. I'm curious, though, as the game evolves offensively, and I know that you drafted Bo in the first round, but that's most teams shy away from taking a wide receiver unless he's just a beast really, really early. But if the game's changing and the emphasis is now on offense with the rules change, shouldn't philosophically teams begin to tweak how they when they draft wide receivers and maybe take them earlier? Oh, I think if you get a guy that can fit, I mean, you know, okay, the kid Green. Uh, that Julio Jones, I mean, those guys are first-round picks. I mean, did they make a difference? Yeah, they make a difference. The thing is, you're exactly right. The rules have changed. A little easier for these guys to play now. Now, the thing they have to realize, obviously, they still struggle when a guy gets up in their face and plays bump and run. But you look through the league, I mean, most defenses are not equipped to do that. 
down after down. I mean, you get maybe third down in certain situations or they're going to play you some two-man where they got help over the top. But most teams are not going to sit there, especially with these quarterbacks anymore that are very accurate, uh, sit there and play man-to-man, free safety, you know, single safety. I mean, you don't do that unless you got some gifted corners. So these young receivers now, they come in the game and, and, and they can play. They just have to stay healthy. I think that's the thing that young receivers that I see, you know, a lot of them get nicked early in their career, a la San Francisco, Crabtree. I mean, this guy's been hurt his whole career, it seems like. He's a good player. Uh, you know, he's a gifted player. But the problem is when you miss snaps, when you miss practice, it, it hurts you. It, it, you know, it, it really kind of, it, 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 all of a sudden, you become the guy that they can't count on, and that's never good. And the whole question with these all these free agents that are available to the Raiders, the cap problem that we do have, and, uh, of course, the contracts that are huge that have to be addressed, I look at it and think of one thing. We have to rebuild. There's no way we are going to be able to take the team we had last season, put a couple of guys on there, and take it to the playoffs next year. I would love it to happen. I would love it to be so, but there are certain obstacles that I just see we're not going to be able to overcome. Number one obstacle is we don't have any draft picks. We don't have anybody. We might end up with a third, perhaps, more likely a fourth or fifth, sixth, and seventh, if that. And that's not going to make it for this team for a couple of reasons. A couple of reasons are we have to get rid of some key personnel because their contracts are huge. Michael Bush, I hate to even say it, but I just don't think we're going to franchise him and keep him. I don't think we're going to do it. I think Reggie McKenzie's going to be very stingy with his money this season, and one of the things he's going to do is let Bush go. And incidentally, he's probably going to go to New England, Washington, or there's a couple other teams that are looking for a good running back. But it makes me sick to my stomach that we can't keep him. That was poor planning of the old regime, which I'm sure we're going to pay a lot for uh, in the future here as well. Cameron Wimbley, if he doesn't restructure his contract, he's out. I don't care how good he is. He's not worth the money we're going to give him. Uh, There's no way he's worth $12 million this season. He didn't play that well. He's not worth it. Henderson in the middle, he's probably gone. Huff, if he doesn't restructure, he's gone. Uh, And Kelly, there's another one, a $50 million man who – Either he's going to have to restructure or he's going to be gone. Now, those are the key positions in our defense, even though our defense sucked, which it did big time. I don't see how we're going to pay these humongous contracts to these guys. I just don't see it. I think this is a rebuilding year. I hate to even use that word. makes me sick as a season ticket holder as hell. And it pisses me off more than that. But if you look at it, you really look at it logically, there's just not enough money, there's not enough free cap space, and there's just not enough acquisitions that we we have available to us to make a run. We might do better next year. We might do, you know, maybe eight wins again, maybe nine wins, maybe less, maybe six wins. Our offense looks like it's doing okay. We should pick up a big-name wide receiver somewhere because there's a lot of them on the market. So I'm looking for us to make a move for a wide receiver. Our offense should continue to improve, but I think our defense will even suffer more than it did last year because we will not have the skilled players on the team. Uh, You know, we got players like McLean who is nowhere near as good as he was, his paycheck was, he needs to be restructured or get out. I'd love to see him do something besides talk and besides shoot at people in Alabama. Curry was a great pickup last year. I think that he will structure his contract. He'll restructure it, and he'll be with the team. I like that pickup. But we have so many glaring needs, so many glaring needs on the defensive side of the ball that uh, – It's not going to improve overnight. And I don't see our defense improving with personnel at all. I see us going down in skilled positions, and we're going to struggle. And that's going to be our weak link again next season is our defense. 
And that's just the way I see it. And that's just because the numbers don't work out. I would love to be able to pick up some free agents. I would love it. We don't have the money. We don't have the cap room. And I think Reggie is actually setting us up for a long-term success, which means for the next two years, we are going to have to go backwards. That's right. You heard it from me. We're going to have to restructure deals and look at players and look at personnel and uh, change a lot of things about this organization before we start moving forward. I would love to think we're going to playoffs. I know my last podcast, I was kind of positive because I thought we'd be able to supersede the cap. I think I thought we were been able to pick up some free agents. But now that I'm starting to hear the rumblings of the Raider organization and the names that are getting tossed out there, I'm seeing a lot of names that are going to go out the door and not a whole lot of names that are going to come in. We might have a lot of no-name players. Let's hope that they do well. I mean, our defensive backs were horrible last year. We picked up a guy named Brandon, should do well. Uh, he had some trouble off the field, but that doesn't mean anything. It was a McKenzie's guys from uh, from Green Bay. We do have a... Uh, we have an opportunity to improve our team ever so slightly, but not the way we need to if we're going to make the playoffs next season. We've got a lot of competition out there, and we just don't have the money. So we're going to, uh, I think we're going to sit this year out. I hate to say it. I mean, but it just doesn't look that way to this Raider fan. One good thing for me, and, and usually I'd be screaming and dropping F-bombs left and right because that would make me feel that way, of course, and you guys know how I roll. I just see the organization being better. I see it improving. I see it going forward. I see it moving in the right direction. And if it takes a couple of years and it makes me sick to say it, so be it. Because I think that stability and long-term success is way more important than a flash in a pan one year, making it to the playoffs, and then fading after that, uh, after blowing up all our our uh, our money. I'd rather see something like a long-term success plan. I think that's the way we need to go. I've always thought so. I thought the general manager position was the position that needed to be changed, and the office needed to be revamped, and this is exactly what's happening. I'd love it to happen overnight. I'm just like a little kid at Christmas. I want to open all the presents on Christmas Eve. But we all going to have to be patient and see what happens. But I will say this. We are moving in the right direction. There are more positives than negatives, way more, in this regime. And I think it's moving in a great direction. I hate the word rebuilding. Every time someone says it, my ass is going to pucker because it just means that I'm paying money to see a mediocre team. But we're seeing the organization move forward. That is the most important thing. And I think long-term-wise for us, it's going to pay off in championship after championship. Steady, good players, good coaches, good personnel moves. Uh, I think it's nothing but positive for the Raiders. So uh, that's my take on it. And we'll see. But I do think it's one thing. I think it is ridiculousness. <laughs> you guys know that program. I love it. Uh, and if you haven't seen it, you got to check it out on TV. It's pretty damn funny. So let's just move forward. Let's see what happens. And uh, let's move on to the bone line, shall we? Bad of the bone. One eight hundred six two zero seven one eight one one eight hundred six two zero seven one eight one. Get on the bone. Get on the Raider Nation podcast uh, website, RaiderNationPodcast.com. Check it out. Randy does a great job there. We have a forum. We have videos. We got everything going on. Uh, get on there. Get on the forum. It's pretty funny. Got some great guys on there for show. So let's see who the first caller of the day is. Our first caller, my good brother, from Bakersfield, Raider Jaime. What's up, man? Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation. Raider Jaime calling out of Bakersfield. Well, I'm here stuck at work. Um, I just saw that, uh, I guess it's back in February 1st. Where the fuck have I been? 
But uh, I just found out that fucking Don Herrera got his ass canned. Fuck, this truly is a fucking new day in Oakland now, baby. I am fucking stoked. I'm so happy, guys. It's the best fucking news I've heard in a long time. I'm out. <laughs> That's how I feel, too, brother. Some people aren't so happy, but I sure am. I think he was the snake in the room, brother. I think for sure. Uh, always the guy in controversy. I'm glad he's gone. Great call, man. And our next caller is my good brother again, Raider Tony from Monterey. What's up, man? Hey, Raider Greg, Raider Nation. This is Raider Tony over in Monterey. And uh, I uh, was listening to your podcast and uh, surfing the net on Facebook for a little bit while listening to the podcast. And I came across an article about... uh, Mike Herrera getting canned and uh, went to the Chronicle and confirmed it. It's true. Mike Herrera and the Raiders have severed ties. And this is a glorious event. I could not stand that guy, Raider Greg. And I know, I don't think you liked him very much either. And um, it's it's just awesome news. It's refreshing that that spineless, manipulative, cowardly uh you you could go on with names my career has finally been fired and uh, i don't know if it was mckinsey or mr davis the new mr davis mark i read in the chronicle that it was mark's move that it was on the business side but who knows it could very well have been reggie too um you know we'll never know until they they come out and say but uh who cares i don't really care who did it I'm just happy that it happened. I'm ecstatic. Hopefully we keep Amy Trask around because I think we all love Amy Trask. Uh, She's uh, really been um, pretty awesome as an executive. But that other guy, Herrera, he was garbage, trash, spineless. And I'm really glad that he's out. And it really does represent a new era in – Raider history with that, uh, you know, piece of crap out. It's, uh, it's great, man. It's great. They're taking out the trash and, uh, and, uh, you know, you combine that with these, uh, high priced, uh, garbage players like Stanford route and other guys that are getting cut, you know, you, we're cleaning house Raider Greg. This really is an exciting time to be a Raider fan. And, uh, as I'm listening to the calls and reading these articles, you know, it's just, uh, I'm ready for the season to start now, you know, but, uh, really stoked and, uh, looking forward to the next podcast when you're going to talk about the Mike Herrera firing. Can't wait to see what everyone says. I, for one, am so happy. I think I'm going to have a shot here just in honor of it to celebrate it. Shot of vodka. <laughs> Mike Herrera is out. Thank God. Uh, so anyway, I'm out. You know, it's amazing to me. Here we got another Raider fan who's, who's ecstatic about this move. You know, you think we're all, all about players and coaches maybe, and that's it. But the Raider nation, we understand the front office. We know what it takes to run an organization. We're not stupid. And John Herrera was not the guy for the job. I'm glad he's gone too. Good take brother. We'll talk to you soon. Who's next? And next we have OC Raider up in the house. What's up? What's up, Raider Nation? This this OC Raider back in the house. I know it's been a minute. Wow. What fucking news? Not about the D coordinator. Not about bringing back Al Saunders. Um, Not about cutting fucking route. Not about all the assistants coming in, like guys with college experience. I, I, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> talk about motherfucking John Herrera out. That motherfucker is gone. Oh my god, I'm so fucking happy. I'm so fucking pumped. This motherfucker. You know what? I'm not even going to talk about what he did and what he was. This is not about being negative right now. It's about a positive fucking turnaround. 
that motherfucker is gone. I uh, love how they said that uh, he was retiring. He, it was not anything that McKenzie did or her bullshit. They they fucking let him say, hey, why don't you go ahead and say that you're going to retire before we kick your fucking ass out of here. Now we can move the fuck on. And, oh, man, you're going to see the fucking difference. Oh, I'm so fucking pumped. I love it. I fucking love it. And there's another Raider fan who sees and who has seen the detriment that this knucklehead has has given to this team. He hasn't done anything positive for the Raiders. There's nothing that he's done that's been good for the team that I can see. So, you know, I'm just blown away uh, about how people could say John Herrera was a good thing for the organization. Perhaps there was a time, but that time is long gone, and so is he. I love it. Next, we have Houston Raider Steve, man. What's going on? Hey, Raider Nation. This is Houston Raider Steve. I just got done talking to Adam Kaplan, who's a big draft expert out of Philadelphia. I asked him about the quarterback situation and the running back situation with the uh, Raiders, of course. We're all big Raider fans. Anyway, he said uh, Carson Palmer, as we know, has a two-year contract, a big contract. They're going to have the West Coast-style offense, which is what they're going to implement this year with the new uh, coaches and everything. And he says that uh, he thinks it's going to go really well for Carson Palmer this year and everything. We all hope so. And he, I, he mentioned uh, about Jason Campbell. Uh, as you well know, his plays take long to develop. He likes to throw deep. He needs a deep passing game. And uh, he sees him going to another team and everything, with the Raiders going with the West Coast offense that they're going to have. I asked, also asked him about the uh, situation about in the draft, besides going after quarterback, because of uh, the situation. I didn't know if a, uh, Pryor would be the our answer and everything. Is of course he's a developmental quarterback, and they came in late in camp and uh, got behind the eight ball, as we all know, with his uh, training regimen. I asked him about with the injuries to Michael Bush when Michael's uh, not Michael Bush. McFadden, when McFadden is healthy and everything, he's great and everything, but he's had a horrible foot injury, as we all know, last year, and uh, our season kind of went downhill after that happened and everything, and of course, with Jason being hurt, that was the first domino to fall. He said Michael Bush is going to be gone. He said, uh, you know, this uh, other person that they got last year in the draft and everything uh, is really good and everything. I'm sorry, I forgot what his name was. I need to brush up a little bit on my player personnel. But anyway, he was saying that they ought to go out and... uh, get a backup, you know, a drafted back in the back to compliment McFadden and everything, since Michael Bush is going to be gone. He says Cameron Wimbley and everything has got this big contract up for renewal, and, uh, you know, whether they decide to go ahead and pay him or not, as we all know, I think he's both worth it uh, on the defense, and also there's the question about Tyvon Branch and other players, but those are their priorities, of course, is, uh, is Branch and also Wimbley. So, uh, anyway, he says the future looks bright with Carson Palmer with this offense that he's got a have two more years left in his contract, so I thought I'd pass that along. You guys are the best, um, great friends, lifelong friends, I should say, and uh, future looks bright, and I can't wait. You know, we're not just Raider fans, you know, during football season, it's 365, and probably with all of us, it's, it's 24-7, so uh, we're always looking for ways to improve. I like the way our filling out our coaching staff with our different coaches that we brought in. Good all Saunders was retained. I like the head coach. I like what he has to say. I like Reggie McKenzie. I like the direction the Raiders are going. So uh future's bright, my friends. Whoever thought we'd come to a day when uh, I guess we all knew we'd come to a day when Al Davis wouldn't be a part of the team, but uh we appreciate everything that Al has done, but we needed a fresh start and we got that obviously. Unfortunately, um, you know, with him passing away and everything that forced the situation, but that's what happened, so anyway. Go Raiders! Y'all the best. Our brothers and sisters. Yeah, it doesn't look like we're going to keep Bush. Uh, As far as, you know, Taiwan Jones, I didn't see it. I didn't see it at all when he played. Uh, I don't know, man. He's going to have to make some big-time improvement uh, for there to be any hope of him being a decent running back. I just don't see it. Now, Terrell Pryor, once again, I have said it a million times. I don't think he was worth a fourth-round pick. Um, we picked him up, and we've been coddling him this whole time, and I have heard, seen, felt 
nothing for that value. Um, so we'll see. I hope so. But I think neither one of these guys is going to be the answer. So uh, we can coddle them all we want. I don't think they're going to be coddled under this new regime. I think they're going to either have to prove it or get out. I do like that about this uh, this new team and the new attitude. Thanks for the call, brother. Next, we have a beast from the east. We have Raider John from Rhode Island. What's happening, brother? Raider Greg, Raider Randy, what's going on? It's Raider John from Rhode Island. How you guys doing? I haven't called in a while. Figured I'd say what's up. A lot of changes in Raider Nation. Looking great from my uh, angle where I'm sitting. I'm loving it. Glad we got, I can't believe this, John Herrera is gone. I, I, am I dreaming? Is that serious? Like, been waiting for this day for a while. I hate that guy. Worst thing. And uh, I just saw today, Stanford, I can't cover a route to save my life, was traded to the Chiefs. I don't really care much. doesn't bother me. Uh, I'm pretty sure D. Moore and Jacoby won't have a problem with him twice a year. Pretty sure he's going to be the one with the problem like he had with us. So it's all good. Hope you're recovering good from your uh, surgery. Get some rest, R&R, and we'll uh, see you soon and hear from you soon. And this next six months is going to suck, but hopefully it goes by quick. I'll be in touch. Later, guys. Yeah, I'm happy for the route move, too. Uh, that was a smart move, I think, for the money for sure. I mean, uh, talent-wise, he wasn't anywhere near that much, worth that much. Uh, thank you for the recovery, man. I'm feeling pretty good right now. It's tough to do anything other than talk, but, hey, I'm getting better, and I appreciate that uh, well wishes for sure. And uh, we'll just keep moving forward. And I can't wait for the first OTAs myself to see what we got uh, on the field for sure. Thanks for the call, man. Next, we have Raider Tongo from rural Coppolopolis, California, wherever that is. Uh, what's happening, brother? What's happening, Raider Greg? This is Raider Tongo from rural Coppolopolis, California, way too far away from the black hole. And I just wanted to call in, a uh, long-time listener, first-time caller, and uh, I just wanted to uh, say that Love Raider Nation, but they've got a little bit of groupthink going on right now. A lot of us thinking the same way. I wanted to call in and be a little bit of a counterbalance. Uh, a lot of people not happy with Greg Knapp, but I totally understand that. But let's face it, back in those days, I mean, we didn't have anything. It was ugly. And to be perfectly honest, great OCs nowadays, you know, they go down with bad offenses as much as they succeed with good ones. The best offense coordinators are guys that can tailor their offense to their talent. And we didn't have any talent. And if you go by what quarterbacks have been saying about Greg Knapp for, I don't know, going on a decade now, they all swear by him. So, you know, I think, well, we got to give Greg Knapp a little bit of, uh, you know, let's give him a little bit of opportunity, let's give him a little bit of slack. And, uh, you know, you look at Carson Palmer, you look at the West Coast offense nowadays, let's be honest, I mean, the West Coast offense isn't what it was under Bill Walsh. Look at Philly. That's the closest thing to a pure West Coast you have. And they throw the ball down the field as much as the Raiders do with Deshaun Jackson. I mean, that's insane. If you're going to call that West Coast, then Bill Walsh's West Coast doesn't exist. So Greg Knapp's been in the old school West Coast. He's seen how it's turned. He's also seen the Shanahan side of the West Coast. Now, look, Carson Palmer may not be able to run well, but anybody can run a rollout. And the beauty to a rollout is it gets you away from pressure. It isolates your reads. It allows you to go downfield. That's exactly what the Raiders need to do. And, you know, keeping Al Saunders, I think, is just a great thing. We could blend some of those power run schemes in, you know, keep McFadden around, and I think we've got to use him sparingly, make sure he stays healthy. I also wouldn't have a problem trading him if you can get anything good. But, uh, you know, that's what's going on. And, you know, I think we've got to uh, give Greg Knapp some opportunities here, give him a little slack. And then you look at the defensive side of the ball, love the fact that uh, Stanford route's gone, and I just heard today that uh, Herrera is out of the front office. He's retiring, which I also think means McKenzie ran his ass out of the building, which is fan-fucking-tastic, if you ask me. Excuse my French. But, uh, you know, with everything else that's going on, you know, and I like having this young coaching staff. Tarver from Stanford, it's good getting a fresh set of eyes on a problem. You don't need to go out there and get some old wrinkly dude for every single coaching position. Yeah, we bring in some zone blocking guys, and you know what? Maybe we'll have an offense that is so diverse 
that is going to succeed in every level. That's something where we got to look at about. Look at this Raider Nation. There's going to be a ton of diversity with this team. This offensive line is going to be super young. You're going to have Valdir, Wisniewski, Satelli, who might be undersized, but he does well at the center position for the most part. And with some zone blocking schemes, he could actually be helped out a lot. And then you look at having uh, having our boy Campbell there at right guard, and then of course Barksdale at right tackle. I mean, that is a young offensive line, ton of speed, ton of talent, ton of athleticism. They can do a lot with that with multiple schemes. Because that's what it really is in the NFL nowadays. It's multiplicity. It's doing a bunch of different crap. It's never letting the defense know how you're going to attack them. And that's beautiful if you could do zone blocking, power blocking, go deep, run a slant. We've got the players to do it all. And we've got coaches that know it all. Why the hell not do a little bit of everything? Let's roll it out. Let's run some slants. Let's do the ball fucking deep. Let's do everything we can. Go win. Go gives a damn if we bring in coaches that are from different ideas. That's exactly what Oakland needs because without Davis, love Al Davis, but he was always stuck in a rut with what he wanted to do. He was always one-minded. We have a ton of diversity coming in with this coaching staff. And I don't think that's something we should shun. I think that's something we should embrace. You know what? That's all I got to say. I know it was a long rant, but Raider Nation, I love you guys. And, you know, I got a baby coming up, and I'm hoping she sees her first Raider game coming this season. You know, I want to bring my little baby to the uh, to the black hole. I'm super pumped. And uh, go Raiders! Well, that was a great rant. I liked it. I liked it for several reasons. One, for sure, it's positive. And the things you pointed out are right and true. Uh, Herrera's gone. That's a good thing. Uh, Knapp has an assistant in Al Saunders. They can blend the offense. It'll work. We have a good offensive line. We have a good quarterback. We can only improve by maybe getting a good wide receiver, a strong number one, which will allow Ford and Moore to go all over the field as long as, and as well as DHB. Look, it's not our offense that's the problem. Uh, we can refine it. That's good. It's our defense. I'm, I'm glad that we're doing some, some big-time changes on defense. We're going to suffer on a defensive side of the ball, however. But the thing that you say, and the, the, the really the bottom line here is positive changes to the organization, to the core, to the whole building why are we here? What are we doing? And what are we doing to get to a championship? These are the things that the Raider Nation sees. These are the reasons why people are ecstatic about the Herrera firing. Because, you know, we're not idiots. We're not stupid fans. We understand the dynamics that it takes to take an organization to the Super Bowl. We've done it. We will do it again. And this is the way we're going to do it. I love it. I'm glad we're doing it this way. Uh, we have to rebuild. That's just the way it is. And, uh, well, we got to go through it. It's growing pains, but they're good growing pains because it's not the same old thing. We're a young organization with nothing but an upside. I love it. On that note, that is all I have to say on this show. I am Raider Greg, and I am out.